You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Watching Friends. I guess we should introduce ourselves. So I'm Mark and no, he has to get me the woman repeller. And I'm Ryan and I think I'm ready for my penis now. (laughs) You've been waiting for that for a long time. (laughs) It's finally going to get my penis. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since uh, we last recorded. It's been a couple of weeks. It hasn't in real time, land. Yes. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we we try to make this weekly, but we do record a few ahead of time. But yeah, it's been a while since I've seen you. So you you been okay? Yeah, pretty chill. Yeah, uh, we've had some interesting developments, haven't we? We've uh, got our first patron as as of this recording. We did fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, ho- hopefully that will age much better, and we'll have loads more by the time you actually hear this. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I guess we can. So yeah, we've got our first patron, which is great, and that means we've got the exclusive content is actually being listened by someone. Very cool. Hopefully, uh, they're enjoying. And if we should name them, feels quite rude. To just yeah, name yeah, them. no, yeah. no, I, I, I don't like to name people because some people, some people are fine with it, some people are not. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy someone has actually finally joined. It took a bit longer than I expected, uh, but yeah, I hope more of you will join us and help support us on there because there is exclusive content for you to get. Uh, I could give you the spiel as normal, but I feel like we've done that a lot. We'll do that at the end anyway, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll give it a week's rest and then uh, we'll, we'll, t- we'll say a bit more just so you uh, join yeah. us in the future. But, From humble acorns and all that. Exactly. Uh, but we have had an email come through. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I didn't realise our contact form hasn't been working for the last couple of weeks. Has it not? No. Uh, someone messaged me on Twitter going, your contact form does this. Why is it broken? I'm like, oh, the site is broken again. Uh, it, it basically did an update by itself to be nice and secure and safe, and that always breaks something. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's fixed now, so you can message us there. Um, but you know, if you can't reach us uh, via the contact form on the website at watchingfriends.com, uh, you can always message us on Twitter or Facebook at watchfriendspod, uh, you know, and tell us your thoughts. But we did have an email, which you're going to read out, aren't you? Ryan? I am. It's uh, from Patricia. Thank you for getting in touch, Patricia. We appreciate it. Uh, she says, hi, guys. Really enjoy your podcast, regardless if it's 40 minutes or two hours, which we definitely appreciate because (laughs) we definitely talk a lot more than we did in the earlier episodes. Uh, You actually read out my Apple review comment last year about the Toronto Blue Jays cap in Chandler's office, which I was very happy to get some sports, more sports in the show, which is very cool. And now I have another fun fact for you since Ryan seems to really be really into Celtic's Lady. I am into Celtic's Lady. She's very cool. Uh, She's played by Leah Remney, who originally auditioned for the Island Monica. Obviously, she didn't get it, but they liked her so much, they cast her in the role as Celtic's lady instead. And then she adds, keep up the good work, and I'll be back soon with more fun facts for you if you want them. Which we definitely do. We definitely do. We definitely do. Uh, yeah, she would have been weird as Monica. I guess, I guess she would have played it how I would expect a kind of lesser sitcom to be. I guess like a, a, a King of Queens or Everyone Loves Raymond, that type of sitcom where you're like, oh, it's not. Right. Well, she's actually the wife in King of Queens. Is she, is she, is she, is she the first wife or the second wife? Oh, no, I, I, I remember. I remember they changed it, and it was a a big thing for some reason. I know that. Well, it's, if you say King of Queens, I think of Leah Remini. So if she's first or second, she's she's the archetypal wife right. of that show. To be fair, um, she's definitely better cast in that as that character than she would have been as Monica. Yes. Um, she's basically just Celtic Slade, Celtic Slade, if I pronounce it 
in in Queens. Yeah. Um, she's just very bossy and ballsy and sassy and fierce and very cool. Which I couldn't imagine in the the friends dynamic as it is now because they're all quite friendly and and you know they they all complement each other well. She would stand out. Maybe you could argue Phoebe does that from time to time. Yeah. But it, it's playful. Whereas I feel like her portrayal of the character, and I'm just guessing based on you know her playing a totally different character. Yeah. I don't know if it would have fitted in quite as well. I mean, it's hard to picture it, which I guess is a compliment to her talent of acting in the other show that she's so convincing in that part that my brain can't then imagine to do something else. Is that a compliment or is it insulting? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't picture you being a better actress. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that. Just, you know, she's very much in that role very well. Yes, yeah. I think the only time she'd be good as Monica would be when Monica gets overly competitive. Yes. But then I think there'd be like a, a more aggressive edge to it than there is when Courtney Cox... I guess it's like when you talk about uh, like The Matrix and how it was meant to have Will Smith originally in it and you're like, no, Keanu Reeves is perfect. He plays like that role and Bill and Ted perfectly. As soon as you take him out, you could put another actor in like Will Smith who's a great actor and it, it suddenly doesn't work despite no. them being a good enough actor. So Will Smith in The Matrix would have been terrible. Yeah, it would, it would have been weird, it right? Just, it would have been too fun. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the Matrix isn't a fun movie. It's a cool film. Yeah. It's not fun. Will Smith's too fun. I mean, he has. I have seen him in serious roles like Pursuit of Happiness, which is just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but again, him fighting lots of Agent Smiths, I don't think would have really been entertaining. Uh, no, it, it would have been full of quips, right? But yeah, so you know, write to us. We uh, we read them all out, all the comments, which is not not many at this point in time, but uh, hopefully we'll get some more in the future. I mean, get in now because you know when we've got like a thousand Patreon followers and we're getting flooded with comments, and you're desperate to get read out. Now's your chance to get read out. <laughs> you can get in early when there's nothing else for us to read. Yeah, because there is a, another podcast I listen to and they have like a whole feedback section every episode which lasts about 30 minutes. And they don't read out even half the messages they get every week. And they don't read out like the patron messages. Like They don't get a perk or bonus. Um, and, and certainly in our case, yeah, we would read out every message we get currently because... Uh, it wouldn't take too long. No, no, yeah. <laughs> but you know, your your feedback's always great, and we we always love new facts and stuff. Like I go through all the the Facebook posts uh, on the the friends groups, and okay, there's some weird theories out there, but there's some stuff we're like, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know like that was that actor in that scene, or there was this object here which relates to to this moment or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many where the I'm like, how are these still coming out? How are we still learning new things about this show, given how you know long ago it finished? Yeah, but we are. Well, I, I guess we should get onto this episode, which I didn't mention the title of at the start. Uh, we're season two, episode fourteen, the one with the prom classic. Which, yeah, I, I think this is one of the the all time greats. Uh, definitely in the top twenty. I'm not going to say top ten because when you think about how many episodes there is. I feel like you'll say top 10 and instantly you'll go, oh, actually, I can think about 30 more that fit in there. See, I'm going to, I would add it to the maybe top 10 moments, but not top 10 episodes. Okay. Um, I think everything around that video isn't that strong. Yeah, the video and the kind of Ross Rachel part of this episode is fantastic. Yeah. Everything else, I'm like, yeah, it's entertaining, but it doesn't stand out to me as phenomenal. Oh, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you just boiled down two hours worth of content into a sentence. I mean, Patricia said that she likes her episodes, but for their 40 minutes or two hours, maybe she'll be fine at seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we should actually uh, get into this. Uh, this. This is what you listen for, right? Uh, so we actually open with the guys in their apartment and Chandler's playing foosball by himself. Um, ever done that? It's, it's a bit weird. Like, 
No, we... you've got a foosball table. You can't play foosball by yourself. A foosball table popped up at work the other day, and uh, it was just in the break area, and it was like being hustled. It was like, oh, <laughs> Ryan, would you like to play some foosball at lunch? And I, I was like, oh, sure, why not? And then like. 10 nil five minutes yeah. later I was like what and then this one member of the team just basically thrashed everyone at foosball and we just got absolutely destroyed yeah I don't like foosball I mainly because I'm not good at it but I don't know how to be good at it because half the time like the ball gets stuck under a player rather than them kicking it or it doesn't it bounces off their team and just goes into your goal all the time I think it's one of those finesse things kind of like golf where you're either terrible or you've played a lot of it and are really, really good. I don't think there's a middle ground. I don't think there's like a, you know, a, a B-tier foosball player. You're either awful and just spin them around wildly and have a laugh and you don't really know what you're doing. Or you're really good and can like deflect the ball off the back of a defender's leg into the net. And you're yeah. like, how did you do that? Um, now the guy who works explaining, you know, like, always keep one hand on the goalie and do this and do this. <laughs> and then like, I'm watching the ball slide past my goalie while my brain's still processing <laughs> the idea of moving the stick. That's <laughs> like, this is not for me. Give me air hockey any day of the week. Yes, I agree. Or the, the, the Pac-Man one, that's the best one. That's the one that drops like 55 discs <laughs> yes, at one point. Yes. It's sensory overload. Yeah, yeah. I want to train one of those. Uh, but Joey uh, has a present for Chandler. It's $812. It's my birthday soon, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring you specifically $812. Uh, again, we get a classic retort from Chandler saying he doesn't know what Big Leon told him, but it's an even thousand for the whole night. I mean, $812 is very specific of a number. Like, I mean, it suggests that Joey's been keeping an accurate track of what's going on, which is quite sweet. No, it's, it doesn't, because that's only the start of it. Like, we, we know that isn't the money that Joey's borrowed off Chandler. We know it's in the thousands at this point already. Fair. Uh, I, f- I feel like 812 must be just what he's, he's been paid. He's paid off his bills and got a, a, a Joey special or whatever. And then he's got $812 left and he's gone, right, to Chandler. Have this. Which is nice. Like, like that's great that he's done that rather than not paying him back. It is. I kind of feel bad for Chandler, Chandler that he's joke about Leon and the whole night, which is kind of just ignored by Joey. He's <laughs> yeah. just kind of like, that's really funny. <laughs> like, oh, he doesn't even get a giggle out of, out of Joey. Uh, and then Joey's, uh, you know, he's, ch- he's paying Chandler back for his headshots, rent, loads of slices of pizza. So yeah, more than $812, I would have thought. Yeah, I'd have um, You know, that's, that's a fair chunk of money to hand over in one go, though. And like, you've got to wonder how much is Joey earning? And we've, we've discussed this in probably an episode or two before. Where we was like, oh, like actors actually get paid quite a lot per episode. Yeah, it was definitely more than we thought it was going to be, wasn't yeah. it? It was like, yeah. So, but at the same time, they they never know how much Joey earns. Like, if he was earning, you know, five thousand dollars an episode here, that would totally break the dynamic of Joey's character. So I feel like he, in the show, he's not actually being paid that much. He maybe yeah. is being paid like a thousand per episode, but then he's not doing an episode a day, sort of thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, I mean, it's one of those things where you try and tend not to worry about it in, in TV sitcoms and TV shows, like, how do they earn money? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it's, it's like The Simpsons, isn't it? Where it's like, you know, a uh, family with, like, one person that actually works, owns, like, five-bedroom house, two cars, uh, and so on, right? Yeah, you can afford to feed the kids. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> Marge doesn't work at home as a power plant technician. You're like, you must get paid yeah, a lot. Yeah, you just have to ignore it, right? Uh, but, you know, Joey has a, a little extra something for Chandler. Uh, you know, for always being there for him. And it's a black box filled with a very chunky gold bracelet. It is hugely chunky. <laughs> uh, it's, gra- it's engraved too, to my best bud. 
that's sweet. <laughs> it's a weird phrase, but... <laughs> I, I mean, you've got to remember, like, this is at the time when Mr. T was probably quite big, popular, I would, would assume. Yeah. So, like, like chunky jewellery in the 80s, early 90s, I think that was still still a thing. Yeah, I remember people being obsessed with, like, gold chains and sovereign yeah. rings about that time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still a bit of a weird gift, though. But, uh, you know, I, I do love the way that Chandler is putting the perfect, oh, oh, thank you, this is amazing, even if I hate it inside face. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> which somehow people never seem to notice you're pulling. No. But, uh, but you know, Chandler quickly chucks it in the drawer. Uh, but Joey thinks it goes with everything and wants Chandler to wear it right away. Uh, but, of course, it will slow down Chandler's sex life, what with the extra weight and all. <laughs> yeah, great joke there again. <laughs> Joey just ignores. Yep. Uh yeah, it's, it's just an awkward situation, this, right? It really is. I mean, I think you need to be honest. Not Rachel Green honest, you know, honest with tact. Um, I really enjoy buying gifts, and I like finding the right gift. And the idea of someone keeping something they don't like makes me feel really uncomfortable and anxious. I'm like, oh, like, you don't like it. I just, just the idea that I give you something, and rather than just being like, dude, I hate this. Yeah. Um, you just keep it, and then like, oh, Ron's been around. I better get that horrible <laughs> thing you bought back out. You know what I mean? It's just to me, I'd rather you just put me through the stress of finding something else than having the stress of having to accept it. Like this Christmas, when I bought you a gift, and you had it, and I was like, here you go, Mark, Merry Christmas, and you're like, I already own this, Ryan. Which, admittedly, I probably should have realised because it was a Nintendo-related <laughs> gift, so of course you own it. Um, but then our friend Chris immediately went, mine, and just, <laughs> just took it. Um, well, 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 for me, it's like, well, I can't re-gift this like it's just a, a waste in a way and it's it's not like i think it, i think it's different when it's like oh i've already got this compared to i don't like it like i think that's more difficult yeah to definitely. say uh but yeah you're you're right like i i kind of really want to buy you like a phoebe style painting <laughs> and just go i bought you a gift right and wait for you to like see if you actually want to give it back or not or if you're like nope i have to bring this out now mark's coming over Oh, I'll just tell you. I'll be like, Mark, this doesn't really go with my decor. I, I'll probably just be like, don't care. It's yeah. yours. I'll be like, thanks. Put it up. <laughs> All the time, above your bed. I'm sure I'll find a space for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not publicly visible. Uh, but then we have the intro, and we have our first clip of the show. Let's see if you're as good in person as you are on paper. Make me a salad. A salad? Really, I, I could do something a little more complicated if you like. No, just the salad will be fine. <laughs> You got it. Now, I want you to tell me what you're doing while you're doing it. All right. Well, I'm tearing the lettuce. Uh-huh. Is it dirty? Oh, oh, no, no. Don't worry. I'm going to wash it. Don't. I like it dirty. <laughs> That's your call. So, uh, what are you going to do next? Well, I thought that I would cut up the tomatoes. Are they, uh, firm? They're all right. You sure they haven't gone bad? You sure they're not very, very bad? <laughs> no, really, they're okay. You're gonna slice them up real nice? <clears throat> Actually, I was gonna do them julienne. Uh... <laughs> that, that noise right at the <laughs> end. so there. creepy. Uh, I think we should talk about this guy a little bit. So, Monica's at, at a job interview, surprisingly. Yeah. And the guy interviewing her is Patrick Kerr, who's actually in a few episodes of Frasier as Noel, uh, who's the who's the creepy guy that's in love with Roz. Yes, I was as we were listening to that clip, I was like, wait a minute, that's where I know him from, <laughs> and the penny finally dropped. Uh yeah, he, he's definitely typecast because he's seen quite a lot of things, but he generally plays this kind of weird, creepy, slightly loser character. 
which I guess uh, in some ways you would say is more problematic now, but is is actually just quite harmless in some ways. I guess. I mean, it's a tough one affair. Like we like to overthink things on this show. Yeah. Um, and I think it, when he looks like a nerd. Yes. Um, or like what people assume is a nerd. Um, and it's a very different idea now than what it was then. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a job and he's working. So I guess you can't Oh yeah, take yeah, it. no, no, that's, that's fine. I, and, and he plays this slightly differently. So in Frasier, he, you almost think of him as being a quite key character, but looking at, into it, he's only in like a handful of episodes, but his character is like, I guess, so iconic. You think of him as being in it a lot more. Yes. Uh, but in that, char- in, in, in that uh, sitcom, he's playing a character who's in love with someone who has no interest in him and he's never going to have a chance, but like he still pushes for it. He does. But he's just creepy about it in a really creepy way. He's a giant trekkie, isn't he? And yeah, he's always yeah. trying to get Ross to go to conventions with him and stuff. And there's weird things that he, he, he should know Ros won't be into. Yeah, he, he's definitely playing the nerd stereotype. Whereas this one, he's playing the the weird guy. Yeah, he's creepy and yeah. very problematic in 2022. Like, I want to know about like the the restaurant. I assume he owns. And the other staff there, are they just like, oh, yeah, he does that. Like, you, you just ignore it or, like, how, do, how does he get people working for him like that? I, d- I don't know. Maybe it's specific to Monica. Maybe he pays well. He must do. I, d- I don't think it's specific to Monica. I could imagine him doing with that, that uh, every single staff member that comes through. I don't know. I feel like if the hairy bikers rocked up to his restaurant, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be quite the same. I feel like it would, it's creepier to me if it's just, if it's just pretty women does it too. Hopefully he's an equal opportunity creep and, you know, does it to everyone, I guess. But, yeah. But yeah, just get, get, getting off on someone talking dirty about how they're cutting up fruit and vegetables. Are they firm? It's just weird, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, he, he's, he, he's definitely a typecast person, but you know, he's, he's getting the role, so good for him. But at least in Frasier, he's kind of adorable with it. Like, he's yes. a dork, and if he... I think it's one of those things where it's a situation where you, you like someone at work, for instance, um, hypothetically, and it's all about how you initially approach it, I think. Because if he was normal about it, and just, you know, said, oh, do you want to hang out? And then eventually was like, oh, you know, you know what, let's go on a date. Yeah. And then Raj shot him down, and he'd be like, okay, fair enough. But I've known people who have this tendency to... Everyone else at the workplace finds out that they fancy the person before they actually do anything about it. And then mm. it just was this weird kind of this really awkward situation then where that person knows you like them. And it's like, oh, wait, I, now there's all this weird pressure around me asking them out. And there's like yeah. second guessing every motive of why. And it's just weird. So I feel like, you know, advice for the listeners. If you ever fancy a workmate, either never mention it or only tell that person. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell your entire <laughs> team. No, don't, don't tell one else first. No. But... Uh, yeah, but in Frasier, he's just, he's kind of adorable with it. He's just a bit creepy, but it's more, play, it's played off more playfully, I guess. But Ross is like. Ross is quite a strong character. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's in no harm at all from him, basically. Yeah, the power dynamic is definitely in her favor. She just kind of bats him away like a adorable nuisance, I guess. Yeah. So she's like, oh, God, not him again. But not, it's not sinister. Whereas this definitely has a disturbing, sinister edge. Well, Monica kind of plays it quite well in that she. She ignores it at first. It's like, okay, this is weird, but maybe I'm misunderstanding. And then she's like, no, I definitely understand that. Goodbye. Yeah. And, and she, she doesn't let it carry on. I mean, this is why one-on-one interviews aren't really a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I need four cameras to watch us at all times. This, this, My hands are up in the air. Like, hi, I'm Ryan. This is Mark from Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be interviewing you today. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's not, it, you know, it's so cringy. I mean, 
Ugh. I, I do like, though, how Monica put Chandler down as her reference. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, references are dumb, really. Like, of course, I'm going to put down the, num- like, the number of the person who actually liked me at work. Yep. And I've always done that at, at previous jobs. It's like, no, no, I'm not putting down HR. Where I'm putting down the boss that I got on well with because they're going to talk me up. Oh, I've put down, I've flat out lied. I've put down, like, colleagues that were at the same level as me and listed them as some kind of supervisor. <laughs> yeah. And then... Because I know them, so they're not going to grab that. Oh, so you worked with Ryan and you're the supervisor? Like, yes. Yes, I did. He's a modern employee that didn't spend half his time drinking tea or making jokes. <laughs> he did the work all of the time. Like, just, it's, yeah. it's such a dumb idea. You are completely right. And, and, and maybe it's more American thing or it depends on the type of jobs. But most jobs I've been to, they, if they do contact for a reference, they just want to know, did you work there? They never tend to go into details, generally because on the other side of it, they don't want to give details in case of like libelous issues. Them going, oh no, Ryan's a terrible worker, and you're going, well, hang on, you can't say that. Where's the proof? Well, yeah, it's, it's illegal. A job. It's illegal to give a bad reference in the UK. You either have to not give a reference or give a positive one. So a lot of companies, especially nowadays, don't give references. Mm. Uh, I've worked in places where they just flat out refused. Like when I worked for Disney, they don't do references. Yeah, it's just nope. Yeah, he um, worked these dates. That's it. I remember asking why, uh, and they basically their logic was. Well, working here is kind of reference enough. Like, if you get employed <laughs> by, like, Disney, you're probably good at whatever it is you do. So you don't need a reference because we're on your CV. And then the job I got immediately after that, my interview was literally one sentence. If you work for Disney, right? I said, yes, I said, see you on Monday. So, <laughs> so it was... So it works, yeah, yeah, it kind of works. I don't really... You know, if you get the job there, in some places, you don't really need it. But Whereas I, I know if you try to go and work for Google or Facebook, it's like 20 interviews of multiple different people every step of the way, and you're like, Why? Like, the only interview I need is from the person who I'm going to be working with, really. Yep. Like, like the, top, the top boss doesn't know who I am, will never know who I am. doesn't matter. A friend of mine recently started working for a large supermarket chain in the UK. Um, and it was like a six-month interview process. We had to do like a two-and-a-half-hour presentation. And, <sighs> I mean, he's fantastic, and he got the job. But it, I'm just like, oh, my God. So there's so much effort to, yeah. like, can he do the job, yes or no? What does he need to do, jump through all these hoops? I'd want to turn around and ask him and go, right, I uh, expect to see your two-hour presentation on why I should work for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you Monday. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I think that, I thought that was quite funny of, of Monica to do that. Uh, but we're back at Monica's, and uh, Ross takes a message for Rachel. Uh, Casey called some guy she met at the movies. Uh, but, you know, Ross being the Rossiest of Rosses that there is, uh, wants to know uh, what he wants with her. Gee, like, why could you possibly be calling to talk <laughs> to a pretty woman that's single? Hmm. I, I mean, you could just be friends as well. Like, who cares if it's a man calling your, your female friend? Like... I, yeah, and I mean, when, when you find out a guy you met at the movie, it's clearly dating. Like, you know, yeah. if Phoebe had gone like, oh, it's an old friend from school, you'd be like, okay, fair enough. Because obviously this happens later on in the series uh, when they're, they're on their break and, mm-hmm. you know, she meets guys and they've got a baby and whatever going on. But like, that's a little bit different. At this point in time, like, she's single. Some guy's called, could be anyone, could be a cousin. Ross doesn't know. He's just... It's too much. Like, you don't do this. Why are you asking that question? Like, the phone has rang. You've taken a message. That's the end of your involvement in that as far as I'm concerned. You don't need to be like, who's Barry? Why is Barry calling? Oh, I'll be Ross about it. And it's just... Because, you know, even Chandler gets this at least. Like, he pulls a face and, you know, knows, you know, what's going on. (laughs) He's like, want to make a little love, get down tonight. (laughs) Chandler's great in some episode. But, you know, but Ross is, like, super spiteful in this. And, like, he then hides the message. Like... This is why I have 
some hatred for what Ross does sometimes. It's stuff like this where it's just mean-spirited. Yeah, I, I understand he's, you know, he's still got feelings for Rachel. And, why, and how he's trying to, like, give himself a bit of an edge, right? I get it. But it's just pathetic, to yes. be honest. Like, I can't think of another word to describe it. it. Like, why are you trying to manipulate someone into wanting to be with you? It's, it's like if you've ever been to a bar, potentially with friends or even strangers, and you've been chatting to a girl and some other guy comes along and will start talking you down because they think, oh, if I talk him down, this girl is going to like me more. And generally, the exact opposite happens where she goes, no, he seems a bit of an idiot. Like, he's been nasty about you. Like, I don't even know who the two of you are. Uh, I have no interest in him just because he's a horrible person. Well, I was out a while ago uh, with a friend, and then we bumped into one of her friends and her boyfriend, and we were all just kind of sat around. We sat outside, and then these two random dudes basically saw two pretty girls and two nerds um, and basically came to like sit down to try and get. I don't know what the, I don't know what their intention was, but it was clearly like, <laughs> did they try and push you off the sofa? Going, we're sitting here first. Well, yeah, like, you know, you know that scene in Mean Girls where like they're in the they're in the more and like the Serengeti and the people right, are fighting. Yeah. That's what it kind of felt like. Like these two dudes just suddenly appeared and sat down next to us. <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh, you know me. I'll talk to anyone. So we start chatting. And then clearly, there's this kind of edge where they're trying to like get the the girls' attention, but the girls have got almost zero interest in the casual conversation because they're they're with us. Yeah. Um. And they're like, oh, do you know who he is? And I went, I assumed he was your carer. And then I just start joking back and forth. And they've strictly realised that this isn't the situation they thought it was. Yeah. We're not two like shy retiring nerds that are going to get scared of able to gangster bros. They've sat. <laughs> the table so, so you did discuss about you know punching above the groin but below the face because no. you, you know gotta go to work on monday it was just really funny and we're just going back and forth and i mean i tend to, i think i can be quite witty at times and they've tried like back and forth a few times and it hasn't gone the way they thought it was. and then one of them just went i think we made a mistake we'll see you later and, they both <laughs> and, left. and i was like oh, okay but me being me it took me a while to work at what they're actually trying to do and i was like oh. you are, you are oblivious to people not just women aren't you but it's just why would you... i thought they were being friendly yeah it wasn't until they you know were being friendly that i was like oh i just thought i was being funny yeah. and then realized that no there was some kind of weird like alpha male challenge going on which doesn't i wouldn't notice yeah you, you're lucky they didn't say we're the wallet inspectors because you certainly would have got you out of your wallet going hey everything's in order sir <laughs> yes as you can see all the bills are neatly pressed uh but you know what after you know rachel thing didn't work out ross should have been groveling to no, to Julie. Uh, Julie's got Russ. Maybe, right? But he, he should have basically just begged Julie to come back. Like, look, I was, I was the biggest idiot in the world. Back to Julie. Like, shouldn't have even considered Rachel. Should have just stayed with you. Been absolutely happy in my life. But if you were Julie, would you go back to Russ? Because I sure as hell No, wouldn't. well, that's, that's the issue, isn't it? Like, me saying this, like, he should have just gone back to Julie. It's like, well, actually, no, it's kind of horrible on Julie. But Ross should have been like, you know what? Me and Rachel, I tried it with Rachel. It didn't work out. I gave up a great thing with Julie. I'm going to make up for what I did. I don't know if you could. No, well, that, that's a different conversation, I guess. But, yeah. but in my mind, Ross should have just probably forgot about Rachel at this point and just... I mean, it's weird to me that Ross and Julie aren't friends. Not that you really... I mean, I guess in the context of a sitcom or a TV show, you don't really need to know if Ross and Julie still talk. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'm friends with the majority of my exes. I always find it weird when people aren't, unless there's like a huge dramatic breakup. I don't know if you count Ross and Rachel and Julie's situation as that dramatic. I mean, they were going to get a cat, so maybe it is pretty dramatic. Mm. 
But no, I say stay away from Ross Julie. Basically, everyone well, well, don't yeah, date yeah. Ross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we can learn from friends. <laughs> Rachel, don't stay away from Ross. Ross. <laughs> Julie, stay away from Ross. Everyone just stay away from Ross. Uh, but then we get this uh, classic moment. Hang in there. It's going to happen. Well, okay, now how do you know that? Because she's your lobster. <laughs> oh, she's going somewhere. Come on, you guys. It's a known fact that lobsters fall in love and mate for life. And you know what? You can actually see old lobster couples walking around their tank, you know, holding claws. Like... This is such a weird line or, or reading that has become like super popular. Like when they wrote it, it'd be just a funny throwaway line. And now it's on mugs and T-shirts and all sorts of things. Like it, it's become like really iconic within the series. It has like overshare time. So <laughs> <laughs> hang, on, hang on, let me find the button. <laughs> it's not even about me, it's about someone else. <laughs> a mutual friend of ours is uh, currently dating someone. And uh, I keep teasing them about the, the status of that relationship. And like one side of it clearly sees it as more than the other. Um, and... When they were telling me about it, I went, she's your lobster. And they were so confused because they don't watch Friends. And I was like, what a fail. I was like, how can you not understand this reference? Yeah, you, you were like the people on the Facebook groups where you pull the face of like, you don't watch Friends. <laughs> I, I just gave you gold. And you don't... <laughs> just, just nothing there. It's like playing yeah. tennis by yourself. Yes. There's nothing to get back. But yeah, so it, it is one of those lines where it, it is just weirdly iconic. And I get what you're saying that it doesn't seem like it should be, but for some reason it is. No. Like, it, it, it's not like the the other lines where you can tell it's almost like a catchphrase or something that would become something like, yeah, it's amazing it has, but it, it's it's just perfect, isn't it? Just like, you just say to someone, like, you're her lobster. Like, yes, like, I know what you mean now. I think it's all down to Lisa Kudrow, to be honest. We'll mention this in the next episode we do, or at least I will. Um, but there's just certain ways she has of delivering things that make them more iconic than I think another actress would have done. Well, it's, it's definitely like the way she does the the two fingers on each hand <laughs> and tries to, to be like claws, like, perfect. But there's lots of few moments, like when the Rachel and Monica are fighting in an earlier episode, it's like, now nah, I'm going to kick some ass, and she like, grabs them. <laughs> yeah. Just, she has a way of delivering lines as Phoebe. And there's this whole range of, like, from, like, weirdly out of it and hippie-ish or they're right down to terrifying street kid and it gets for me Lisa Kudrow just is amazing everything she does in the show and there's I think that's what the line's so iconic it's not so much because of what the line is it's the delivery that makes it definitely yep Uh, Monica comes out the bathroom having had a shower to wash the dirt off uh, from her interview I don't know Ryan like I wouldn't feel super comfortable taking a shower my friend's literally outside the door you know you can close the door, right, Mark? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, guys, come on in. I, I don't know. It's, it's because it's a, an apartment. It, it, I guess it all feels a bit more personal. Whereas if she was upstairs, out the way, it's a little bit different. But at the same time, like, you're having a shower, but you can still hear your friends outside just chatting away normal. It's, it's a bit weird to me. I've done it countless times. Like, when I had my own place and people would be over. I would just be like, right, I'm going to shower. And then I'd just like walk out, wrap around with like a skirt. And I'd be like, put your on. I'm like, Christ's sake, Ryan, put your body around <laughs> you, there. You, you could have uh, chosen a longer towel rather than a hand <laughs> towel. Do you have to bend over? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like a walrus flossing. I mean, it's, it's my house. If I want to make a cup of tea wrapped in a towel while my hair's... I mean, my hair's long. It takes ages to dry. So I would just end up sitting around in the towel sometimes. But like, you know, what? if you don't want to see, don't look. Yeah, I can, I can imagine the towel now just like wrapped around your head, <laughs> yeah. just going up into the sky. You know, you got to do that thing, I think. But, you know, I, would, I kind of get it, but mostly 
I guess if I'm in my own house, I'd feel comfortable. I wouldn't do it in your house. Like I wouldn't shower in your house and then walk around your house in a no, towel. No, no. But if I'm in my apartment and you happen to be there, I'm like, no, I'll towel it up. Uh, Monica is a bit worried though about making rent payment, uh, which is fair. You know, she she lost her job a couple of episodes ago now. But Ross offers her some money, uh, but she'd feel awkward. Somehow, though, not as awkward as Chandler, though, uh, because Chandler's bracelet hits the floor with a loud <laughs> fun. <laughs> uh, love it. Um, yeah, why would you, would you feel awkward taking money from your brother? I... Yes and no, maybe. If, if I had a brother, I wouldn't feel awkward. I would gladly take the money. I guess you wouldn't want to, but you may have to. Like it's one of those things like you wouldn't be your first port of call, like, oh, I'll just call my sibling and ask for some cash. Yeah. Um, so I kind of get it. But I mean, one thing I don't like is making rent. It's such a weird expression. Uh, linguistically, I hate it. I don't know why. I tried to look into the origin of it and couldn't find anything. And yes, it was a rainy day and I didn't know much. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you don't research friends about the series, ever, but you research the linguistic qualities of making rent. It's just a horrible, like, it's just the smell about the, the, the words together that make my, the language letting me cringe. Yeah. I don't know why. It's not even important for the episode. I don't know why I put it in the show notes, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. It just bugs me. C- come and join our Patreon for, for even more quality content like this. <laughs> what other linguistic phrases annoy you? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now everyone is examining what the loud fud was. Uh, now everyone takes the mick out of Chandler. I so, do know the linguistic origin of that phrase, if you want to know what it is. Do we want to know what it is? I don't know. Right, well, go, go on. You've, so you've ta- now. Taking the mick used to mean taking the Michael, which was a phrase used for insulting Irish people back in the day. So it's technically a racial slur. Oh, okay. It's, I mean, obviously it's massively out of context, and now taking the mick is just seen as having a laugh yeah. and taking the, you know, taking But it was originally used as an expression to mock the Irish. I, I mean, the, the other expression is, is a lot more, which uh, is why, why I tend to use that one. Yeah. I mean, technically taking the... the you know, the, the P word. The P guess, word. Yeah. It would technically be a lot more Taking the P. Than saying yeah. taking the Michael. Yeah. But there you go. Oh, that's interesting though. Uh, later that day, or some other day, who knows? As always, friends are <laughs> never clear with this stuff. Uh, Monica's parents arrive. Uh, they're turning her room into a gym, and they're bringing over loads of her boxes. Uh, they're not turning Ross's like bedroom into a gym, though, because they want to leave it as a shrine to him. Uh, I do wonder why Judy and Jack need a gym at their age, though. Yes. Um... Also, I find it really weird that they've left both the bedrooms in the way they are. Like, yeah. we don't know how long they've both been moved out, but you'd assume it's a couple of years at least. You, you would assume, you know, Ross may be like 18 or so for how long he's been married and his age, sort of. Well, they would have moved out probably, I assume, for college yep. or university or whatever. So, yeah, you've you got to at least assume, let's, let, let's be on the conservative side and say five years. Yeah, so I haven't got kids. But if I eventually have kids, I will keep their rooms in the state they leave them while they're at uni. Yeah. The second they graduate and move out, uh, I, here's your boxes, kids. I'm I, having those rooms back. I'm just imagining your room, <laughs> your parents. It should be like Transformers posters. <laughs> one's like FHM on the other. <laughs> There'll be like Kylie Minogue <laughs> from like the, the early 90s on there. Maybe a Friends poster, a calendar from 97 on the wall. Yeah. No, just, just weird. I just don't know. Uh, yeah, You're like, out of the house. Give me the room back. I, I understand, you know, you, you probably wouldn't totally redecorate. You'd be like, right, well, the bed can stay there and the chest of drawers and whatever. But you would take down their stuff. No, I'm meaning big. when we're getting a hot tub shift. It's <laughs> 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 going in there. We want a cinema room. Or, <laughs> a cinema room. There'll be something in there. That's a, that sounds much better. But yeah, like at their age, they, they don't need a gym. Like they don't need to work out and whatever. So 
Uh, we then get Rachel walking in, and Jack puts his foot in it uh, about her parents splitting up. Um, you know, at least he realizes he's putting his foot in it, though. I love Jack. He's so funny. <laughs> like, he's, he's great, right? Uh, we then head to Central Park, and Phoebe's uh, notices a hot babe checking Chandler out. Um, I think we should listen to the clip first. Oh, this is excellent. You know, he could have got me a VCR, he could have got me a set of golf clubs, but no, he has to get me the woman repeller. <laughs> the eyesore from the Liberace House of Crap! Not that bad. Oh, yeah, easy for you to say. You don't have to walk around sporting some reject from the Mr. T collection. Chandler, Chandler. I pity the fool who puts on my jewelry. I do, I do. I pity the fool that... I... Hey, man, we were just doing some uh, impressions over here. Do your Marcel Marceau. That's actually good. So yeah, a bit of context. He talks to the woman and she sees the bracelet and she nopes right out of there. Yeah, I, I mean, I assume it's supposed to have some kind of mafia connotation maybe or like made man connotation. I don't know why you just run away from a gold bracelet. I, I, no, I don't think it's that at all. I think she's just gone, oh, what a dork. Or that, that sort of kind of in her head. Where she's just like, she's gone, oh, he's nice. And then she's seen something and it's a total red flag. And she's gone, nope, not getting with a guy who wears a bracelet like that. Fair, maybe. I don't know why I went down the mafia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you went very weird. Um, um, I, I do have a question, though. Uh, she was clearly checking Chandler out, but she's checking out the back of his head. And I, I don't know why she's like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm going to fill in the blanks and assume at some point Chandler got up and went and got a coffee and she saw him properly. <laughs> and then just stared at the back of his head while he's talking to Phoebe. Yeah, I do like how Phoebe's like, I want to get this right. And she's like, hey, totally hot babe of there chicken around. <laughs> she's just like, just like a bloke voice to tell him. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Chandler somehow had loads of confidence to just walk on over and talk to her. Like, Chandler doesn't have confidence like that. It's a very un-Chandler moment, but... I d- We've said this quite a few times now. So, like, the more we say this, the more I'm like, is it really a Chandler moment? Because we keep saying it. Yeah, okay. How many times do we have to say it's not Chandler-like until we accept that it. it's Chandler-like? Yeah. Like it, he does have moments where he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. I, I wonder if it's almost when it's a sure thing or closer to a sure thing, he, he gets his confidence like, yeah, how can I possibly fail? Like when he's chatting to uh, the woman who thinks he's a different guy on, on the phone. Yeah. And he's like, I know that she's vulnerable, so I can you know, use that to my advantage. Where if, if it was just like some woman he doesn't know at all. It's a bit different. I mean, I guess it helps that Phoebe is the one to tell him because yes. if, you know... She's I'm, a good wing lady. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to believe female friends that told me a girl was checking me out than I would be male friends. Women notice this stuff much more than men do. Yeah. Yeah, especially more than I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but again, it's it's in Central Park. You know, it's his, you know, he feels comfortable there. No one else is around. It's basically just going to be Phoebe that knows if he gets shot down. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, if you're going to take the shot, it's a pretty good time to take it. But then he's got the woman repeller. He does. And he's quite vocal about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is extremely funny. But yeah, you just know that Joey's going to walk in and catch everything he says. It's an awful Mr. T impression, though. I, I do like all the new insults he keeps coming up with, though. Just just like, just on a roll. It's good. Uh, but yeah, Joey, understandably, walks right back out, having heard most of it. It's, yeah, I mean, it's hurtful. You know, yeah. you do buy something to someone and they... Not supposed to act like they like it, but they haven't told you they don't like it. To find out that unfiltered, horrifically timed opinion would be really upsetting. Yeah. Especially, Chandler could have styled it out, I think, if he was a bit quick on the draw. 
I don't know. Because he doesn't know how much Joey's seen. So it's like, I don't know how you can really solve that out. I, that even if he heard most, I think he could have got away. Like, oh, yeah, I'm talking about my friend, about something else. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there, there's potential he could have got away with it, just about. I think he's just a bit ashamed to think on his feet. There's, well, he does um, hate yeah, the definitely. bracelet. There's definitely a healthy dose of, that was really out of line and I should not have done it. Well, before we head back to Central Park, I think it's time for one of our ad breaks. New this April from HyperX, it's the HyperX Clutch Controller. Get better control of your mobile game with its comfortable grip, directional pad, analog sticks and shoulder buttons. This versatile controller can fit a variety of phone whips and can also connect wirelessly for use on tablets and PCs. Learn more and pick one up online at HyperX and HP.com. Amazon, Micro Center, Target, Best Buy and many other fine retailers. Hey guys, Brandon, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Joe. You see this thing here? Could you tell me if it's good or, or good or not? Mm, well, I'm gonna need an hour. Yeah, at least. Should I just wait over there, or or you want me to no, come? No, no, no. Talk it out with you guys. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, come on, let's go. Podred review. We review things so you can do things. Every week on the HyperX Podcast Network. Ellen, in 15 seconds, what is Nice Games Club? It's our game dev podcast. Steven, help! Game mechanics, accessibility, art and animation, level design, prototyping. Everything that goes into making video games. How's that, Mark? Nice. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get your podcasts or at nicegames.club. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls, we're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. And we're back. I hope you've uh, signed up to our Patreon during the ad break. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we put it in there for, isn't it? If you haven't, just press pause and do it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but do, do make sure you come back. Because uh, we are going to Central Perk where Ross is chatting to Phoebe. Uh, about how the guy Rachel is with in Central Perk is annoying her. Yeah, she's clearly having a, a conversation. So, um, so yeah, so Rachel is chatting to a guy just just at the the counter. Clearly, an okay conversation. Yes, and she's got her his hand her hand on his chest, yeah. which Phoebe interprets as oh look she's having a nice time and it's physical flirting. Well, yeah, which, she, she's like kind of laughing and like oh stop it, you know, like it's. It's clear that she's okay in that situation. Which Ross interprets as, no, she's physically trying to push him away. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, like, is a very funny justification interpretation, but... Like, like, seriously, Ross, just, just stop this. She's fine. And it's you inventing stuff in your head again. Like, oh, just so frustrated. Like, I can't tell if Ross is talking himself into this because it makes him feel better, or if he actually genuinely thinks some of this stuff. I mean, again, my life... And Ross's life have an annoying amount of parallels. 
at times. Well, that's that's because you fashioned your whole life after watching Friends. It's a subconscious nightmare <laughs> yeah. right there. <laughs> that's more than I picked Ross. Yeah. <laughs> you could have picked Joey, but no, it <laughs> no, had to be Ross. <laughs> well, I, I could be worse. Could have picked Rachel. I mean, I remember having long-term feelings for a friend once and seeing a guy hit on her and being like, oh, he's a total douche. Why is he like... And she obviously, in my brain, I was like, I'm just going to interpret this the way I want to because the the other possibility like makes me jealous. Yeah. But at no point would I have ever gone over and been like, oh my God, like I'll get in the way. Like, it's just, it's... Ugh. It's so horribly possessive. Yeah, and, and no one is ever going to find it attractive because you're... Even if there was like... Nothing there romantically. If your friend is having fun chatting to someone and then you come and butt in, they, no one ever takes that kind of positively. I mean, I, I understand Ross's pain in the sense of he's feeling insecure and scared and worried. But in this context, they're not a couple. They're not together. No. So if he's feeling what he's feeling, he just kind of has to suck it up and deal with it. And if they're a couple and he's feeling insecure, well, he even needs to realise that it's all about his insecurity and nothing to do with Rachel or the person she's chatting to. No. Or... If he doesn't trust her, maybe they shouldn't be a couple. Exactly. And I'm sure we've we've both got friends who, like, especially at a club where they've looked over at you and you can go, oh, they clearly don't want to talk to this person. I will offer them an out in this situation. Like, hi there, how are you doing? Sort of thing. Are you okay? Yeah. And then you offer, that gets them out of the conversation they don't want to have with this stranger. But But Rachel's not giving off those vibes at all to Ross. No. I mean, nine times out of ten in my situation, I end up chatting to someone that I want to talk to and they want to talk to me. And then I get pulled away by friends who are just in the way. <laughs> I remember once being at a pub and I was chatting to a girl. And I honestly can't remember how interested this girl was. Like, it was a long time ago. Um, I, I could be really whole with it. But I, won't. <laughs> <laughs> but I distinctly remember my friend uh, who had taken something, I don't know what. And he's just going, dude, 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 dude. He kept calling me over and I'm like, Really trying to trying to you know be be charming and witty here like stop trying to talk to me and he just wouldn't give in he just got louder and louder yeah. and louder and I get more I went, excuse me so I've walked off and gone what and he's just gone you're so in there like really <laughs> loud <laughs> the whole room's heard and I was like oh I'm gonna kill you and I basically went I went back and sat down and she went just to let you know I've I've got a boyfriend and I was like cool no worries yeah. so it was, it was just like I don't know but clearly she hadn't realised I was trying to flirt. But it was just, it was just, that's what I get. I don't get like, oh, let's save Ryan from this whole conversation. I get that. Let's pull Ryan away from a potential, potential conversation. Uh, but, you know, Ross does walk over and tries to save her, in quotes. Uh, now, this is a funny moment, I think. Like, as he pretends he's answered a, a dating ad for her. Uh, so he's like, oh, you know, can't believe, like, we met, you know. Oh, you know, it's, it's finally nice to meet you. But, like, got to think back to the time when... Dating ads in like the early nineties would have been like a lonely hearts column at best. Yeah. Um but I I do like it. I think that bit's kind of funny. It's clever. Like yes. it's definitely a very clever way of doing it. I find it weird that the guy walks off. Yeah. So the the guy walks away from this and you know, I think like su- maybe surprisingly, maybe not. Like on the one hand, he doesn't know who Ross is. Rachel's clearly giving off vibes as in like this is weird. Should you just stay there and carry on talking to her? If you're kind of that close, well, you, like clearly he's, he's into Rachel, otherwise he wouldn't be there. Yeah, but the, I just find it weird that he walks off with the idea that Rachel dates people. Like he's there, clearly yeah. trying to get a date out of Rachel, and then someone else comes and goes. Wait, am I early? Is it a different day? Like, what do you expect the woman you date to not date anyone else and be this kind of weirdly pristine, virginal yeah. paragon of 
life that like, what I don't why are you walking off of course she dates other people yeah. like who are you random coffee shop man like <laughs> don't come into our coffee shop <laughs> like it's just a weird I don't know what he's expecting obviously he has to walk off for plot reasons yeah um, but I just from in his internal monologue what was he thinking like oh Rachel's gonna date a second dude or was he so you know like insecure that he saw Ross and was like I'll oh, never compete against well, this guy well yeah like, like even if he just went oh you're seeing some other guy well I, I'm leaving now like if he had like some kind of reaction that would make more sense but he just kind of he goes, oh, I'll chat you later, bye. As if, like, he was already in a rush to leave. Yeah, I'd just be like, that's nice, but if you're a date with Rachel's tomorrow, that's tomorrow. Yeah. I'm here now. Yeah. I'm going to spend more money than you on this date, <laughs> and so I look better. But you can't do your thing either. you be like, no, no. <laughs> you're not on the clock yet, sunshine. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, Ross explains to Rachel uh, that, you know, she's his lobster, uh, but he does a... Really poor job of remembering Phoebe's story. And Rachel just doesn't get it, which is, I think, fair. I mean, I think it's mostly because you're trying to explain a Phoebe isn't to, <laughs> there is, to there anyone is who wasn't there at the time. There is that. Um, and, you know, Ross still thinks there is an us, uh, but Rachel has moved on. You know, you know, she guess it was like just a crush on her part. Uh, a crush that destroyed multiple lives. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was an intense crush. <laughs> Uh, Rachel says it's never going to happen and Ross needs to accept that and we're going to hear that now. No, you're, uh, you're my lobster. See, um, lobsters, uh, in the tank, when, when they're old, uh, they get with the, they walk around holding the claws. <laughs> in the tank, you know, when, <laughs> with the holding and, uh, Phoebes, you want to help me out with the, the whole lobster thing? Do the claws again. <laughs> Rach, okay, forget, forget the lobsters, okay? We're, let's talk, what about us? Ross, there is no us, okay? No, but... but... No, listen to me. I fell for you, and I get clobbered. You then fall for me, and I again somehow get clobbered. I'm tired of being clobbered. You know, it's, it's just not worth it. Well, but... but we... No, but, Ross. We are never going to happen, okay? Except that. Except, except that what? <laughs> I mean, props for except that what. That was, that was a great little turnaround. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm really glad that Rachel just, like, puts her foot down and just says exactly how she feels with, like, there's no way to come out of that for Ross, really. Uh, I'm the exact opposite. Oh, really? Um one, Rachel's romantic affection for Ross seems really inconsistent to me. It is. It's just she's too scared of being hurt to let things get anywhere at times, which is basically what she's just said, um, but poorly. And um, when Ross is unavailable, suddenly she's heartbroken about it. So I think Rachel needs to see a therapist. <laughs> and also, is this really the time and place to shred Ross's heart? Now, I know she's annoyed, and she has a right to be, but in public, at work, in front of Phoebe, maybe it's just me, Mark, but if I was going to tear someone's heart from the chest, I'd do it in private and as gently as possible. Yeah, but I don't think Ross would understand. Even at this point, she's saying, like, Ross, there's, there's no us, that's it. And Ross still goes, but you're saying there's still a chance. Like, he's doing the, the dumb and dumber thing. And I, I think that's the, the problem. Like, he doesn't listen to, to what Rachel wants, and that's why he constantly screws up. I guess, I mean, I would guess that they've kind of both failed as people. They should have had a much clearer conversation before this point about what's going on yes um, i mean i like definition and closure so i like things to be very clear so i probably wouldn't end up in a situation because the first conversation we had would be a very long conversation but it would probably end with a i knew exactly where everything stood 
But I just think if you're going to rip him apart, it's not so much what she says. It's kind of how she says it and where she says it and Ross's reaction to it. Like, you know Ross is going to have a positive yeah. reaction to what's being said. So it, I guess compassionately to my mind, it's tell Ross, you'll talk about it later, go to his apartment, rip his heart out in the apartment, put the kettle on and leave. Like, that and would be the I, way to do it. I think, I think it's the heat at the moment though, isn't it? Like, she's, she's frustrated. Like, I get, I, I get your point of where you're saying how her emotions kind of don't, have any consistency like she didn't care and then all of a sudden she finds out that ross is into her and all of a sudden she's like oh yes i think ross is the most handsome man ever i really want to be with him and then she it makes it worse because she can't have him so she definitely wants him and then when he gets rid of julie she's like actually i'm not that bothered anymore yeah and like, okay there's there's more to it than that obviously yeah. but at the, at the same time you know she's like look we tried this it didn't work out Let's end it there. Whereas on Ross's side, he's got years and years of like pent upness of Rachel and it didn't work, but he's like, no, no, it's going to work again because it has to, because I've been wanting this for so long now. And I think that's the, the issue is like, she, she isn't as invested as, as he has been. I guess, I mean, I guess Ross needed to hear what she said, but yes. my, again, or this, I guess I got two, two points. One would be, I don't really think this is the place to do it. No. And two, you said she was frustrated and I agree, but I don't think, it comes across that frustrated. It just comes across no. as brutal to me. If she was like really animated and like screaming at him, that'd be worse for Ross. But at least I can understand that she's lost her cool and that's why she's ripped his heart out yeah. in public. But she kind of does it in a matter of fact way. And I'm like, if you're going to be that matter of fact about it, do it somewhere else. Maybe she's been like that because she's trying to be professional whilst at work, but also. I mean, just don't do it at work. I know. Like, it's, it's a tough one, right? Because cause sometimes you do just have to say things in the moment. But also keep your cool because you know where you are. I suppose at the time, I guess. So yeah, I I get it though. Like you're 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 the type that would rather let someone down gently. I just wouldn't do it at you, work. You you wouldn't wouldn't take to a restaurant. <laughs> I want to be. I want a breakup to be as memorable as it is devastating. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's because this isn't really a breakup, is it? It's no, just it's, not. it's you just telling him you're done done with the faff, I guess. Um, which. Is a weird thing because I, I guess I'm romantic at heart, and I'm like, well, there might be faff involved, but if the if the feelings are there, like, well, give it a shot. Do you, Do you know what you did forget though? This is the fringe universe where whatever you say only happens in your little bubble, and everyone outside it can't hear it. That is true. No one else heard that happen. Just it was just Russ. <laughs> it was just Russ. <laughs> Russ Ma- maybe Phoebe from a distance. Phoebe but... might know if the plot cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are then at the boys' apartment, and Chandler is waiting for Joey to enter. Um, Joey is still annoyed and, you know, Chana tries to lighten the mood, terribly, I might add. Yeah. Um, he even throws a basketball at Joey, uh, well, near him, and it knocks over a lamp. Like, okay, Joey's not going to catch it, but at the same time, it wasn't even aimed at him. No, like, I'm like, was this the first take? Like, <laughs> like how many tries did this take? What did it hit? Originally, I'm like, I, just, I was curious production-wise. I'm like, did he just, like, bullseye the lamp straight away? I, I think the idea is that Joey's not meant to care, but you can't throw a basketball at someone and have them not instinctively not want to hurt themselves. Yeah, I mean, basketball's hurt when he hits Yeah, yeah, like, so, so it, it's got to go to the side, but he's not going to stop it anyway. No. Um, yeah, Chandler shouldn't really be trying to lighten the mood like this because it, it makes it even worse, like his apology. You just need to apologise sincerely. Yeah, just go, look, dude, we need to talk. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Joey finally talks to Chandler and basically just says, that, you know, Chandler should have said something if he hated that much, which is... Is what you 
say basically. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little unfair because, you know, we, we do see how awkward it is now. And it can be awkward to tell people that you don't like a gift they gave you. Uh, especially when you see how expensive it is or assume it is. Mm. But, you know, I think Joe is, is more upset. Chandler was, was taking the mick out of him, really. Not, not that he didn't like the gift or anything. Well, yeah, I think that's it. It's like it, it, Chandler was given the gift because Joey really appreciates all he'd done for him and wants mm. to you know, celebrate their friendship. So their friendship obviously means a lot to Joey. And because we, Joey does tend to be quite a, a softy, I guess you'd call yeah. him, I think he's like, well, why wasn't our friendship strong enough or important enough for you to be honest with me? It's not that he doesn't particularly like it. It's that he, did, he deliberately didn't tell him how he felt. When he, Joey feels like their friendship should be strong enough for to survive that, well, I don't, and I don't think it's that. I think it's more that he's then behind his back been saying bad stuff about him. Yeah, it's like like that, that's what's upsetting. Um, Joey then walks into his room, and as Chandler tries talking to him through the door, uh, he notices the bracelet is no longer on his arm. How did he miss this? Shame <laughs> when it fell off, it would have hit his foot with all its weight or like, something. The fact that he can now lift his arm above his waist <laughs> yeah. should have been a clue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that, that's quite funny. It uh, is a horribly gaudy bracelet, to be fair. But it's it's not it's not even tight on his wrist, is it? Either no, it, it, I don't. It's horrible. No, it's there, there's certain type of men that can wear jewelry like that, and and Chandler's definitely not that. I don't think any of the guys could could pull that off. Joey's dad, yeah, Joey's dad could pull that off yeah. easy. Yeah, perfect. But no, it's it's a weird piece of jewelry to to buy, um, especially as Chandler's never worn bracelets or anything before, like. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It'd be like me, I don't know, I'm trying to think what I could buy you that you'd actually use. Probably, probably something to put in your beard. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like the Christmas decorations you could put in your beard. There you go, that, that would suit you, right? Yeah. But, you know, you don't wear jewellery. Nope. Anything, so it'd be odd to get you that. I mean, I remember I wore, like, necklace, like, pendant things as a teenager, and then eventually it just, I just forget to put them on when I was getting yeah. ready, so I just stopped buying them. And then rings... I don't. I mean, I've got tiny hands and fingers, so like you go to like, wow. yeah, you go to buy, yeah, you go to buy like a man's ring, and I'm like, oh wait, I need to get this. Like, it's not worth it. Like, when my granddad passed away, I inherited a gold watch from him, hmm. and my granddad was definitely bloke sized. So I would try and put this watch on, and it would be like a good two thirds of the strap just <laughs> yeah. like hanging down and dangling down. And I remember looking into it, and was like, to get it resized to fit me would have cut like nine tenths of the kind of worth out of the watch. Yeah. And I didn't wear watches anyway, so I was like, we kept it for more sentimental things, and then it went missing. But uh, that's a whole other tangent. But like, if, if, let's say I got you a shark's tooth necklace, like that would potentially suit how you are and who you, how you look. But a gold, a gold chain, no. No, definitely not. So, yeah, you know, Joey should have been more, I guess, but, I guess Chandler is, is worse in this case, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we then end up at Monica's. Uh, the Gellers are still there uh, when Ross enters. And Monica hasn't asked to pencil the money yet, but Ross encourages her to. Um, she announces that she was fired from her job. Um, but it's okay because Jack taught his children well. 10% of every paycheck goes into the bank. Clearly, Monica never did this. No, when I watched this episode, I was like, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> I'm terrible at, at saving. Um Yes. I mean, I like to do things and go places. So and, it's like. And by lock picking kids. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't expensive. <laughs> Definitely wasn't 10% of a payslip. Um, no, I, I, I remember when I took you to Comic Con and you was like, I'm not going to buy anything here. And by the end of the weekend, I think you'd spend way more than you'd ever planned to. Only because 
I've got no impulse control. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to try and think of a defense. I was like, and, uh, I, had, I spent like, what, 45 minutes walking around? Yeah. And it's a bit the main thing was because they had that unmatched Buffy game right. that I kept trying to find online. It would have cost me like 80 pounds to ship in from the States. Right. And they had it for like 45. So oh. that was like my big expenditure, I guess, on top of the few little things. Um, but that was, that was. But yeah, you, you don't have impulse control at all. I'm trying to excuse it now. I'm like, but honestly, Mark, I was allergic. It made, it made sense I needed to do it. it. I needed to buy it now because it would have cost more later. I would have just never bought it, but you know. It's a shame you don't do a Buffy podcast. You could have uh, written it off as an expense. Oh, we should. We should do one episode on Buffy just so I can come back. <laughs> How does Buffy relate to friends? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that there's got to be a character that relates. Uh, 90s dialogue that's way wittier than any of the people probably should have had. Okay. Both shows are, are very much about the gay community. There we go. Okay. You're looking at me as if you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was looking for sport. I mean, because I mean, Friends was like the first <laughs> first TV show with uh, a gay couple, wasn't it? A late lesbian wedding. And Buffy with Willow and Tara was the first TV show with a lesbian kiss. Yeah. There, yeah, there, there we go. go. There's 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 be a whole page on episode. Which is a link to two of Ryan's favourite shows. <laughs> yeah. He could talk to you about his board game for forty-five minutes. Yep. If we still haven't played, no. Um, yeah, you, you should try and save some of your money, shouldn't you? I mean, I'm always happy when the Gellers are around, specifically Jack, because he's just such an awkward old man that's kind of oblivious to everything, and he seems to think he can get away with stuff. In the episode, is like. He says that Steffi Graf's got quite a tush while they're watching the tennis. And he's like, <laughs> I'm just saying. And then <laughs> Ross walks in and he's like, like where's Ben? And like, oh, he's at Carol and Susan's. And he just goes, a woman at my office is a lesbian. And everyone looks at him like inappropriate. And he goes, I'm just saying. As yeah. if like that's some get out of jail free card. He, he's, he's trying to fit in and show like he he's, he's cultured and I guess up with it all. And I, I guess for, for lack of a better word, woke. I mean, I think he's just trying to be supportive and yes, show, yes. and it, it's, it's adorable, if anything, because he's not trying to be horrible. He's not trying to upset anyone. He's, he's trying to be like, look, I, I'm with it. I understand. I care. Like, yeah. I'm supportive. I'm a good dad. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's all fine. Like, it's, it's not from my generation, but I accept it. It's all fine. Whereas normally, the older, uh, as people get older, they generally become more racist. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but he doesn't. If you compare all of the parents that we see in Friends, Jack and Judy, well, not my sister Judy, but Jack definitely wins, like, top parent. Yes. Chandler's parents. <laughs> That's just a lot of idea to well, begin with. Well, Jack, Jack, I could hang out with. Judy, I think, would really annoy me. Yep. Uh, and Did then, like, like Chandler's mum, yeah, I think she'd be all right to hang around with. She seems quite fun. But she doesn't feel... To me, she's not as... I mean, she's got to have her own life, I suppose, but in terms of positive impact on their child's life... Chandler's parents didn't really yes. have much of that, I guess. And well, neither did uh, Monica, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah. And then Phoebes, obviously, that's a very complicated situation we won't yeah. get into, but we will later on. Um, and then Joey's parents, I guess, fine. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, Joey's, like, dad, like, yes, he has, like, the affair and whatever, but that's later on when Joey's all grown up, so... Yeah, so I would say, you know, if we got to pick best, best parent in the show, Jack Geller gets the award. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Uh, you forgot Rachel... Oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll move on from that. Uh, Charlie, Chandler and uh, Phoebe, they enter Central Park. Uh, Chandler has spent $400 to replace a bracelet he hated to begin with. Like, wow. Joey went all out on that thing. I mean, yeah, you have to do that at this point because if you, if you now try and explain to Joey that you accidentally lost a bracelet, he just had just like enough that you hate. Yeah. No one's buying that. No. no. $400. So basically, 
Joey has given Chandler $1,200. Like, he probably should have given him just $1,200 rather than $400 in a bracelet. That, well, it's not going to be so impersonal, that. isn't it? Like, you know, it gift, is. Gift's nice. well, but yeah, yeah, but it's, it's not a gift. <laughs> He's paying him back the money he owes. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, they... I hope I borrow money off you someday. I'm going to buy you a chocolate bar. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a gift. Man, is so personal. Thanks for the mortgage. I'm a dairy milk. I can't believe Rachel spent so much. But uh, Rachel then pops up behind the counter, uh, which I thought was quite funny. She makes everyone jump. I feel like she should do that deliberately more often. Yeah. I would. <laughs> yep, definitely. Uh, Gumpher found Chandler's bracelet. Uh, Joey enters and notices that Chandler now has two bracelets. Uh, and then Chubby gives it to, to Joey. Because they're best buds. The best buds. Uh, guess Joey like forgives. Uh, guess Joey like kind of forgives easily. Um, as now they are bracelet buddies. I mean, he's like, why have you got? Oh, we'll listen to the clip. We'll see. Yeah. Would you stop already? Get out of the bitter barn and play in the hay. <laughs> oh, you're right. I-, I should play in the hay. Forget about the fact I just dropped four hundred dollars to replace a bracelet that I hated to begin with. Bring on the hay. <laughs> hey. Get something that's gonna make you happy. Guess what Gunter found? Ooh. Hey, now you have two. Oh, now you have two. <laughs> what am I gonna do, huh? Hey. Hey. How come you have two? Well, this one's for you. No, I can't. No, no, listen, I I know how much this means to you, and I also know that this is about more than just jewelry. It's about you and me and the fact that we're best buds. Wow. Is this friendship? I think so. Check it out. We're bracelet buddies. That's what they'll call us. <laughs> That's a great, great line. That's what they'll call it. I, I really love how Joey can be so childlike without being childish. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish I could, I could pull off that personality when it's like, you know, we're bracelet buddies. <laughs> He's just excited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joey's so happy. I think at this point, if I channel out, I just take the L and wear the bracelet. Look, look how happy he's making, Joey. Don't take that as a challenge to buy me some monsters, Mark. <laughs> yes, I, I'm going to buy you a bracelet, so I also have to wear one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just, just, I mean, when Chandler explains to Joey why he bought the bracelet, I'm like, that should have been his apology as yes. to why he didn't say anything in the first place. That should have been his apology. And they was using it as a justification to get away with buying two, or a second one. Yeah. It's like, no, that should have been your apology in the first place, Chandler. It's, it's a shame that after this, we never really see the bracelets again. Like, I'd love to see them pop up, even even just wearing them. Yeah. I mean, maybe they were insured on set. And <laughs> yeah. Giant hunk of gold. Like, no. So, so Ryan, if, if I did buy you a bracelet, what should it say on it? I don't know. But I mean, if I you were going to buy me a bracelet based on his podcast, it would probably say overshare. Or <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Ryan Tangent on it. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah but best Buds is very corny, even for Joey to use. It is. I mean, you're not a very corny person, so no. it'd probably be something like if you did it, but like podcast co-host, <laughs> <laughs> acquaintances, <laughs> person I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're then back at Monica's, and Ross Mo- uh, cuts Monica a check. It's a weird. It's a weird phrase again. Did Did you look up? This I didn't one? look. At, I didn't no. look. Uh, I assume it has something to do with how, like, they used to do checks at banks and 
getting the check out or something, you'd have to yeah. really cut it off a roll of checks, maybe. I yeah. don't know. But I didn't look dead in because it doesn't annoy me. Uh, it's a dinosaur check, though. Uh, you get your money and you learn a little something. Sold. Immediately, <laughs> I was like, yep. If I mean, I remember because checks kind of almost immediately phased out when I got to like a banking age. Could yep. um, I said that carefully? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember having a checkbook that I never really used. I opened a bank account and then I was like, I was given this checkbook and I was like, I don't need to use this like i've got a debit card and yeah. don't understand what the point in this check and i always wanted to use checks but it would just seem like hassle and then yeah i the only time i ever use checks now is because some businesses uh will pay you a, like a refund yeah. of a check rather than just a bank transfer which is a pain because then you've got to go and do something with it and i have used a checkbook like in the past but there's no real need because you just bank transfer it which is you know sign of the times uh, checks in the UK are basically being phased out as they are in most of the world apart from America because America needs that paper. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anywhere I shop that would currently accept a check. No, most places are like, we do not accept checks for anything. Oh, for obvious reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you just got to bounce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will have this entire Warhammer army <laughs> from the store I never visited before. Take my check. Yeah, so, um, yeah, check, checks are weird, but um, yeah, sign of the times, I guess, really. And then we have Phoebe going uh, through Monica's boxes. A bit rude. It uh, is. But, you know, she finds a poncho. Uh, nope, that's Monica's bathing suit from when she was younger. Why keep that? Why? I, I don't know. She, like, when you were selecting things to give back to Monica, why did you think, let's keep the bathing suit from when she was much, much bigger? Well, I was going to say, she used to be a little bigger back then. Uh, as they've been hinting at for quite a few episodes at this point now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Joey finds a videotape. I wonder what's on it. Um, Rachel walks in as the tape is playing, and it's a home movie of the Gellers, which you always got to be careful with videotapes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see later why. <laughs> yeah. um, but again, this is the start of, of a friend's favourite, isn't it? Having little flashback looks at, at people in their past. Yep. Specifically the Gellers, I guess. We see it most often. Which, which I absolutely love um, when they go back in time to their younger selves. Uh, but this is a video of them getting ready for the prom. And, well, Rachel's nose is huge. Yeah, I like how she makes an excuse. <laughs> like, <laughs> because Chandler made a joke about Monica's bathing suit being what they cover Connecticut with in the winter. And then he sees <laughs> Rachel's nose and is like, I was wrong. That's what they cover Connecticut with. And she hits him. Um, and she made some excuse about how she had to have it done because of her, her deviated septum or something. Yeah. You're like, just admit you had <laughs> yeah. your nose job. you got a big like, nose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we then catch a glimpse of Monica, and I say a glimpse as she fills the whole frame. <laughs> She's huge. <laughs> uh, Jack has to zoom out to fit her in, which is a really funny joke. <laughs> it's such a great joke. Like, how do I zoom out on this thing? <laughs> yeah. Love it. Uh, I love how Joey shouts, some girl ate Monica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have probably my line of the show you know what this is this is us getting ready for the prom oh. you know what you guys we don't have to watch this oh, yeah, yeah. Fun. 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 did you get a shot of monica where's monica over here dad wait how do you zoom out <laughs> there she is <laughs> some girl ate monica <laughs> Shut up. The camera adds 10 pounds. Uh, so how many cameras are actually on you? 
My joke. My joke. Hit again. My joke. My joke. Pick your pick your own jokes, right? <laughs> this could be Chandler's best joke of all time. Yes. Like it's it's so perfectly Chandler because it's funny with just the spiteful edge. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's 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 so witty. It's just yeah, it's peak Chandler. Because yeah, so. it's it's one of those phrases that they always say, like in films, like, oh, the camera adds ten pounds to to you and changes how you look. So yeah, just to say how many cameras are on you, <laughs> it's it's a joke I've always wanted to say, but you can never ever use it because no one ever really says, oh, the camera adds ten pounds. Yeah, no, it's no. you can't you can't even set it up. But it, it it's a line you'd want to say, and it everyone would burst out laughing. It's just perfect. Yeah, but there are, there are plenty of times where we all try and force friends' lines into life. Um, <laughs> well, as you said earlier. Yeah. Uh, like, me and my sister have a habit. If everyone, if one of us ever makes the other one jump, we'll just go, ooh, nuggy. Yeah. Just because just, just, we can't not. We're friends fans, I guess. But yeah, this, how you would ever... Man- it's, you need to set it up, essentially. Yeah, and it's never going to happen, but it's, oh, I just love it. It's, it's definitely in top ten jokes, easy. Agreed. Uh, I think I think we're going to have to uh, one one day do an episode where we try to figure out what our top ten or twenty jokes show are, and I, I feel like it would be a bit fluid in that they would probably change because because jokes go up and down depending on how you think about them. Yeah, I I know what my favourite line in Friends is. It's technically a joke, but it's not this kind of joke. This is just funny. Whereas my favourite line in Friends is funny, but not in the same way. I think you've hinted at this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've got many years until we find out what that means. Really do. Um, yeah. I, I I wonder why Monica and Rachel were friends back then, though. Like, was Monica meant to be the fat friend to make Rachel look attractive? Like, you're down on Ross quite a lot in general. Yeah. And this is, like, the most down. I read these notes and was like, <laughs> oh, my God, how horrible did Mark think young Rachel Green was? That she'd be like, I'll have a fat friend so I look hot. It's, it's kind of true, though, generally in life. Like, people tend to do that. Wait, is this one of those things where if you don't know you're the ugly friend, you're the ugly <laughs> yes, friend? Does yes. that mean I'm the ugly friend? I'm like, this is a thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they don't really share a lot in common. Rachel is part of the popular clique. Monica clearly isn't. Uh, you know, Monica is more into, like, herself in terms of, like, hobbies and things like that. And she's just a bit of a dork, a bit of a geek. And... Rachel is. I can't see why Rachel would be friends with her unless they they were like next door neighbors or, you know, as I say, she's like, well, she's the fat friend who, you know, is always there. Kind of her her Luigi to her Mario in in a way. (laughs) I mean, it's childhood friends, isn't it? I mean, there are plenty of childhood friends and you know, I'm older now and they're older and we have an absolutely zero in common. Like we know each other through the odd Facebook post that we see and I go, ah, this person's doing this now. But Growing up, we were friends because we went to the same school or lived near each other. It wasn't necessarily a we're great friends because we've got all these compatible qualities. It was just a proximity thing, yeah. which is why you grow apart. And I guess Monica and Rachel grew apart because Monica wasn't invited to Rachel's wedding. Because, because in some ways you can think of uh, Rachel's family are quite wealthy, but like the Gellers are not poor. No. They, they have money, but they're, they're probably in a different class to, to the Greens. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my assumption was they went to the same school and that's how they're friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder what made them become friends. I I love the makeup and the effects in this look great. Mm-hmm. Like you you can't see the fat suits or whatever or the the edges of them. Like that looks like fat Monica. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I only just when you said that, my brain went, yeah. At no point do I look at it and think that's Courtney Cox in a fat suit. And no. I'm like fat Monica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it just is. 
Uh, we then pan across to Ross, and he looks like a cross between Bob Ross and the British people. Could be the greatest reveal shot in Fred's history. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's the way he's kind of leading forwards, eyebrows down, looking at Rachel like, how you doing almost? <laughs> oh, Ross. For me, it's just the moustache. It's great. <laughs> like, like Moustaches are not really a, a thing anymore. But even, even back then, like you had to have a look to be able to pull it off. Yeah, I, I had a moustache for a while. Um, and apparently it looks like some angry musketeer the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you trying to go, I, I, I could turn at the end. When I, when I worked at Disney, I had just the moustache, and I twirled it at the ends. and I remember a little girl like tugging my trouser leg from behind, um, ask, going to ask me a question, but because I looked like Captain Hook at the time, I just ran around like, have you seen Pam? <laughs> like, and she just starts crying. <laughs> I felt terrible. And then I remember running over to a friend of mine, Dowie, and went, does my moustache scare you? But that was the first time I'd ever met Dowie. And every time I see him, he's like, I remember the first time we met. You just asked me if, <laughs> if your moustache was scary. And I was like, well, he didn't make a girl cry. But it, it, I think it's because you don't expect Ross to look like that. I don't know what you expect, but yeah, you'd certainly not no, that. Because, you know, Fat Monica, fine. It's Monica Fat. She's still fairly normalish. Rachel, yeah, she's more more the same, really, apart from the big nose. Yep. Uh, but for the, the guys, because obviously we don't ever see uh, you know, Phoebe or Joey. They don't exist in this universe. No. So the, the guys, they, they go all out in their hairstyles and wackiness. Like, there's definitely pictures of... You're probably more your parents where they're like, wow, look look how we used to dress like years ago. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. And we're probably going to have this at some point in our lives, I guess, where you go and look back on your TikTok and go, I can't believe I did that. Or you know what? Like that. I don't think we will. Not as not as to the same degree. No, because fashion seems to be either you dress however you want or people like our fashion now is very similar to, to what you know, Ross and Chandler were wearing in the 90s in Friends. Well, I just meant from a, a, I guess, a cultural standpoint of people nowadays express their fandoms and their interests through their clothes, which wasn't so yes. much of a thing in the 80s or 90s or even early 2000s. Whereas now you'll have a woman in her 50s wearing a, I don't know, Friends hoodie yeah. or a bloke in his 40s wearing a Doctor Who shirt or scarf and people express their kind of interests and fandoms openly through their fashion now yeah. so I think the fashion isn't necessarily casual fashion at least isn't something where you could have that embarrassment you'd be like oh yeah Ryan likes the Ryan's got a Star Wars shirt on today well yeah duh Ryan likes Star Wars well have, have you heard the term peacocking yes so so the term peacocking is basically to be like a peacock, you have like the, the beautiful plumage to really stand out and show off and, and look different to all the other birds out there, right? Your feathers are better. So you, you do something that makes you stand out from the crowd. And I feel like now people still do it, but I, I guess they do it in a more subtle way in like they wear a nice suit or whatever. Whereas back then you would do crazy things. Like you look at, at Chandler and his hair that he has, where it looks like, you know, someone could surf off it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he's definitely trying to, to do that and doing it poorly. Um, so yeah, you, I, I don't know what to expect, but yeah, when you see like the, the, the springy hair that Ross has, the moustache, everything about it, you're just like, no, like how did you ever look at yourself and go, that's a good look. It's brilliant. And, and it's definitely the 80s, I think is probably the time where people had these looks and you're like, how, how is that ever good? Yeah, why was that a thing? Why did you have the bowl haircut? Why did you look at yourself in the mirror and go, the bowl haircut is for me? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really love seeing all this old stuff. Uh, we then head over to Ross acting casual, uh, casual with Rachel. Yes, he's trying to be very suave and like, hey, hey Rachel, I'm 
going to stand next to you and look <laughs> awkward, but try and be cool at the same time. All whilst being filmed. Like, he must know his dad's filming him. The, the cameras were big enough back then. Yeah, I mean, I guess that was a thing when, when video recorders came out. I remember when my people in my family got them and you'd go to my aunt's house and pretty much from the moment you walked into the door, you weren't safe and you were just <laughs> yeah. being filmed the entire time at, like, random intermissions. Like, you'd probably, they would stop for food and then, you know, the second you finish pudding, the camera would be back out and... I remember one embarrassing year we had to send a video to Moncton, Australia, and I was forced to participate in the family dance of the Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still have this video? I really hope not. <laughs> I'm going to find out. Really, pa- a new really. Patreon goal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I always remember being a grouchy kid and just didn't want to do it. And I just got nagged and nagged and nagged until I was basically forced into it. God, you, you've made everyone feel so old talking about the Macarena yeah. right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, the point was that when camcorders were a thing, they were a thing. So I, I currently get the whole, let's just film everything. And, and you just carry on as if it's not there. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think now you're kind of more aware that you are being filmed and where that could lead. Yeah, I guess people are much more aware. Well, I suppose now you don't really... Home videos, I, don't, I guess, aren't as much of a thing. No. But most of the stuff that's filmed now, especially for our generation, is like cu- most curated content. Like, oh, yeah. I'm shooting this on my TikTok or my, <laughs> my YouTube. Whereas back then it was just, we can film the kids being kids because, yeah, yeah it's the 80s and it's cool to do. Uh, yeah, so he's, he's doing all this whilst being filmed, uh, but he's going to work on his music. <laughs> Something uh, that we're going to come back to in a future episode. I mean, his music's definitely evolved from what we <laughs> see in this episode as he's just playing the Beverly Hills Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going to what we get in the future yeah he's definitely had an arc there for his music uh, Rachel needs some help with her dress though uh, I don't think Ross had even seen a bra based on how he reacted to, to this request though I don't know what he does he just kind of like fiddles around the back of her dress and I'm like what are you trying to do Ross like just uh, this hooking or uh, he's just useless uh, yeah well even if it's like a, a zip you got to do up like zips on dresses can be difficult at the best of times just because they're like a f- the flimsiest like zip you've ever touched and you've also got someone who's wearing something that's got to be t- like pretty tight on them, not fall down. Yeah. But also, you know, you don't want to burst it either. So, think you've got to be delicate. Yeah. And that reminded me of in a later episode, Joey just like can flick off a bra with like one hand, and it reminded me <laughs> of being at work and we were discussing friends once at an older job, and they're like, "You can't do that." And I went, "Of course you can." And one of the girls went, "Go on, then turn around." And it's the only time I've been cool in my life. I just went <laughs> click, and the bra just like sprang up, and she was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I feel like so I was going to hear that story go down. It was not cool, Ryan. No, it was very funny. We were all like, "Oh, it can be done." I was like, "Told you." <laughs> it's, it's like the story with Monica going. And one time, my boob just flew over once. I tell you, it's true. <laughs> it was just the funny thing. Someone was like, "But Ryan's a nerd," and I'm like, "Yeah, nerd." We with secret bra skills apparently <laughs> I, I practice with my nans all the time on the back of that, that parker chair that's why i'm so good at it well every, every, i'm sure every uh, every person who's dated a woman at one point has that awkward opportunity where you're trying to get a bra off and then you find out they're wearing a front seat and you're like no <laughs> <laughs> like it does it in a completely different way why have you flipped the rules yeah. universe <laughs> uh but the guy some guys have turned up uh, to pick up rachel monica um sort of i guess we'll get to that in a second uh, we then cut to Ross playing on his Casio keyboard on the stairs, as you mentioned. Uh, but Rachel's date hadn't turned up yet. Chip. Um, I wouldn't turn up if I was called Chip. Yeah, they, these American names are like so funny. Is, is anyone in America called Chip anymore? Just, uh, I, I assume is Chip short for something. Like, there seems to be in a time like in TV where every American like kind of bad boy was called Chip or Buzz. Yeah, like, that's yeah, like four letter, four letter name. Yeah. <laughs> like no. Um, yeah, any Americans? Do you know anyone called Chip still? 
Let us know. I mean, you probably wouldn't go by it, even if you were called Chip. I'd just pick a new name. Yeah. Because surely, like, maybe this is a British thing, but you'd just call them Chip and Dale instantly, wouldn't you? Yeah, or Chip and Dale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rachel is upset because Chip hasn't turned up. Uh, she can't go to the prom alone. Um, I need to ask you, Ryan, did you go to your prom with anyone, Ryan? My school didn't have a prom. Oh, really? Yeah, fantastically. Because I probably wouldn't have been able <laughs> no. to scare up a date for the prom. Would have scared off a date for a prom. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we didn't have one. Um, I guess I, my school just didn't want to. Uh, it wasn't a thing. We didn't have any school dances. Uh, we didn't have a prom. We had nothing. Oh, okay. So we had a prom for my secondary school year. And I feel like when we had that prom, that's when they started doing it for um, the, 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 the junior year before that. So like they would be doing it like ages like 11 or 12 which thankfully i got to skip uh and our prom was like at 16 yeah um it was kind of interesting and weird like um a few of us got together and we rented a limo between us um some with dates some without um and then it turns out that when you actually get to the prom like none of the people who had dates commas uh actually like were dating or anything like that and most people that got there like didn't hang around with each other after that. No, it's just they arrived together and then yeah, it, it the was, usual it, social groups. Yeah, I, I feel like it was almost like a, a pressure of like, if we're going to the prom, I need to go with someone of the opposite sex because, you know, it's sad to go by yourself or, or whatever. And yeah, like most people just turned up and that was it. Like nothing else happened. Because American proms are, are weird, at least on TV and films, because there's always the expectation, generally in films, that that's where you're going to, you know, have your first time first relationship or whatever oh yeah like you know the American boys are like we're going to seal the deal like yeah. that's that's the and, day I'm, and this is the dress you know I'm going to lose it in sort of thing and it's like it's, which is weird yeah it is weird it's super weird um, but yeah so I, I feel like some of that has rubbed off in the UK in proms of like you know it's not a dance it's a you got to do this. This is the social construct of what it is. I mean, there's lots of Americanisms that are kind of rubbed up on in Britain. Like the fact that secondary school gets referred to as high school all the yeah. time. And I'm like, well, there wasn't a middle. Yeah. So what are you talking about? <laughs> but but I, I, I did like uh, going in the limo. I got to stand out the sunroof. It's very cliche, but yeah, well, yeah, I, fun. I don't, don't think they really let you do that now because of the uh, decapitation risk. <laughs> but, but, you know, <laughs> you, you make sure it's a, a nice... Safe stretch of road. <laughs> we just <laughs> stand up. No, it, it was fun to do. Um, yeah, the, the prom was fine when I, when I went to it. Like, dance and, you know, I think, think most people did the, the typical girls on one side of the room, boys on the other, scared to talk to each other, even though you'd been at school together. Fair. Um, yeah, it was fine. I don't think you missed out on too much. I probably wouldn't. Oh, I probably wouldn't have been invited or had gone if I'm being entirely Oh, honest. no, it was a school prom thing. So, like, everyone was invited. Yeah, pop, no, yeah, but... It wasn't like only the popular clique can come here. I wouldn't have... I doubt I'd have had a date. Um, no, that's fine. But I probably wouldn't have gone because it would have involved dancing. Like, the hottest girl in school could have asked me and I still would have been like, I mean, I have to dance. I'm going to stay home and play Monkey Solid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine you turning up and doing the, the Saturday Night Fever dance or something like that. No, if I'd have gone on a cardboard box, like, like a snake just stay in the corner. Like, I'm technically here, <laughs> yeah. so no one can complain. Can you come. would have been with, with your Game Boy playing Pokemon in the corner with the other geeks, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pulling out the, the cable so we both got our trousers out. We have another clip now. I can't go to my own prom without a date. I can't. It's too late. If you if you're not going, then I don't want to go either. No. Oh, I'm going to kick Chip's ass. <laughs> I have a wonderful idea. 
You should take Rachel to the prom. Doubtful. Jack, give me that. Talk to your son. Okay. I've got okay, one. Okay, okay. This thing's heavy. Your mother's right. Take her. You could wear my tux. Dad, she wouldn't want to go with me. Of course she would. You're a college man. I don't know. Well, come on. Don't you want to find out? I'm I can't believe I don't get to go to my own prom. Is it so harsh? Okay. Hold my board. Atta boy. Atta boy. Okay, you guys, you know, I think we've seen enough. Let's turn no, it off. No, 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 Okay, Dad. Rachel, ready or not, here comes your knight in shining. Oh, no. Bye, Jupiter! Oh, dear. Jack, how do I turn this off? Press the button. Which one? Which button, Jack? The button, the button. So, I really like the bit where Ross is saying, like, be cool, be, be cool. cool. <laughs> He's such a dork. Uh, but it makes him more lovable. So it that, does. That's good. Uh, this this makes me really like Ross, I guess. Like mm -hmm. he he's a dork. He kind of knows he is. He he tries to do the right thing, and he's like being built up. He's like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna save her, and she's not gonna know. It's gonna be a huge surprise. Um, and you know he comes out in the tux, and he's looking pretty sharp. Like considering you know it's meant for for Jack, really. Yeah. Uh, looking pretty good. And then just as he comes down the stairs, Chip turns up and she's now off to the prom. Poor, like, poor Ross. It, it's heartbreaking. Like, you, you feel every single mm. ounce of Ross's heartache as that camera pans back to him and he's just stood on the stairs with the flowers he stole from the pot. Especially as Judy can't figure out how to stop the actual filming <laughs> like, of the heartbreak. It's such a kind of, like, married couple thing as well. How do I turn up? Like, the button, the button! <laughs> yeah. he, just, he just repeats the same instruction. <laughs> no more help. While, while you're still focusing on the thing you don't want to film anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's absolutely gut-wrenching. Um, yeah, you, you really feel for Ross. So, like... As much as much we like rag on Ross. Oh, you rag on Ross. I'm like I'm like fifty fifty. <laughs> well, on that's Ross. because you 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 idolise him and live your life <laughs> in his lifestyle. Um, you know, th these are the moments where you actually feel for him and you actually quite like him. I mean, we we discussed before that I'm a romantic at heart, and I absolutely love this whole thing. Even if Ross and Rachel don't work out, the love that Ross has carried for Rachel for all these years is adorable to me. Not to mention that the reveal here is handled so well. It's not crass or phony. It's not filled with saccharine sentiment. It's an actual demonstration of like his affection for her. Yeah. And it's never been brought up. He's never mentioned it. The girls have never mentioned it. Monica didn't know. This is this entire thing, this gesture that I think in other shows would have been like, I did this once and that's how much I love you. And yeah. It was just this like adorable secret that had been kept for a decade. Well, because I, I like the way Jack's like, come on, like, you know, she's a pretty girl. Like, you can imagine, like, your dad sort of doing that, that thing. She's like, go on, go You're on, a son. college like, man. Yeah, like, yeah, give yeah, it yeah, your yeah, go. Yeah, like, like, like he's, he's, he's trying to build up Ross, which is, which is great. Um, the whole Rachel going like, oh, it's so sad to go to prom by yourself. No, it's not. It's probably actually better to go to prom by I mean, yourself. I can see why for, for Rachel, who's like, you know, one of the popular girls yes. at school, going to prom without a date would be a big, like, social, uh, like a big deal. Um, but no, this this whole thing is adorable and sad for Ross. 
Well, it, it, it gets sad because, you know, Rachel and Monica never knew any of this actually happened. Yep. Like, they're totally oblivious to it. Um, and this is as Ross is slowly making his exit out of the apartment. Like, <laughs> pretty clever, but he hangs around a bit too long. Um, and then Rachel all of a sudden forgets all about the list and goes to kiss, kiss Ross. Is this the moment we're all waiting for? Uh, like, we already had, like, one kiss ruined by the next episode. Um, but could this be, like, the one, like, she's actually his lobster? I mean, obviously, spoilers, we know what happened. <laughs> yes. But it, it definitely looks like it. It's such a sweet moment to, you know, reveal for Ross. And and if, if you were, if I were Rachel in this instance, it would definitely make me forget about my chubby ankles. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I'm not Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just sweet, and it's it it kind of shows you who Ross can be when he's not being extra Ross about things. In yeah, a really... he 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 can be such a caring, compassionate guy, and you understand, uh, you know why people want to be around him because he can be a great guy. He just does some things and takes them too far. Um, and and I guess with this, you know, they they can't do the whole. Oh my God, they're kissing, and then totally scrap that next episode they can't do that twice in a row no i mean you've already had like what nearly two seasons of ups and downs and ups and downs yeah. and i feel like at some point audience fatigue would start settling in so you need you need the payoff at some point and but but it's kind of perfect in that way like we've had this oh you know there's always been something in the way of ross and rachel and then they get together and he ruins it and it's like oh it's not going to happen and then it does happen it's like great and now it's going to be good for Couple episodes at least. Yeah, well, and I, I know it's just perfectly timed. Is what I'm saying. I just like that Ross doesn't fix anything. It's it's all kind of who he was already that fixes it, which mm. I think is really cool. It couldn't. He could have came up with some grand romantic gesture and tried to apologise to Rachel, which he's already tried. He tried getting the radio to play a song, which yeah. they weren't on board with, and he's tried all these ways of fixing it. And Rachel's so hurt that she's not buying any of it. But then seeing that hurt on Ross's face for some nice gesture he tried to do ten years ago. That's really sweet, and yeah. I like that it's something from who Ross, I guess, used to be that makes Rachel forgive him, as opposed to Ross having some kind of, not manipulative gesture, but some grand gesture that sways her now. Well, maybe it also shows like how long he's been into her. Like What he would do then is the same what he would do now. Yeah, and I think it also kind of explains to Rachel why Ross is the way Ross is, you know, why he was <laughs> yeah. annoying with that guy in Central Park and why he wasn't really getting that things were done. Because, like you said at the start of the episode, this isn't this isn't just a, a fling for us. It's not like oh, we tried this and it didn't work out. Yeah. This is Rachel. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's very sweet. It's very, very, it's a very nice end to the episode. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, the the whole videotape scene, absolutely perfect. Love it all. Can't wait for more of this coming up. Yep. Um, we then have Monica, the outro, watching more tapes. Uh, Judy is filming Monica dancing with her father in the living room, which is. Absolutely sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it cuts to a sex tape of Jack and Judy. Uh, now, there's something wrong with this tape. Uh, we see the covers moving as Jack and Judy are moaning. Except the camera is slowly moving in. Uh, so firstly, one, what were they even meant to be filming if all you can see is covers? <laughs> and two, who is filming them because they're zooming in? Like maybe Jack and Judy have a secret we don't know about. Maybe it had an auto zoom or there was a remote control. <laughs> an, auto, an auto zoom. And now you've added a remote control. You may <laughs> no. There could have been a remote control <laughs> <You> zoom. <laughs> but why? But why? 
No. I, mean, <laughs> I hate this end. It's funny, <laughs> but because, the, the, you know, you've basically got Ross kisses Rachel. Mm. No, Rachel kisses Ross rather. End scene. And then America, there'd have been an advert break. And then we'd have got this clip after. Yeah. So I get why it's there in terms of setting up how American TV works. But for the end episode, I'm like, end on the kiss. That's where you want to end. <laughs> yeah. Not uncomfortable mum and dad sex tape. It's so cringy <laughs> and horrible. I, yeah. I think it's absolutely funny. And poor Monica, like this is the second time at least uh, that she's seen her parents. To, uh, probably the third. I mean, I'm surprised how long it takes her to react and turn it off. Yes. Like the episode ends and she's still... It's still technically playing. Yeah, because all you hear is Jack and Judy moaning, which as soon as you hear, like, oh, Judy, no, nope, off. Yeah, I'd, I'd have held the food I was eating at the TV. Just whatever I need to do to stop this as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it's absolutely funny and classic. But yeah, this is why you've always got to be careful with old videotapes you find in a house move. I mean, just, just don't. I mean, thankfully, not many people have VHS players anymore. No. I mean, what? I guess the equivalent would be whoops, I've accidentally logged into Dad's iCloud account. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, the, 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 this is why you always want to have a password on your phone that no one else knows. Because, yep. especially, especially when you're gone, you, they don't need to know any of that stuff. God bless two factor. That's what <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, end of the episode. Um, I, I think this is kind of a, a classic one just because we have the whole flashback scene. Yep, but like I said at the start of the episode, I feel like that's the reason the episode's a classic and why yeah. we all love it. The rest of the episode, the whole, you know, Liberace, House of Crap, Best Buds bracelet stuff. I, I think the bracelet stuff works a bit. Like, I think that's still memorable. Uh, I don't know, it definitely wouldn't stand out in my, like, top 20 no. friends moments, whereas the first time we get to see Fat Monica definitely, <laughs> yes, definitely yeah. does. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good episode. I just kind of... When you know what's coming, you kind of watch and you're like, oh my God, get to the videotape, get to the videotape, get to the videotape. <laughs> you, just, you just want to see that part. Um, well, yeah, because we, I guess we kind of undersold the whole Ross Rachel thing. Like in the episode, the kiss goes on for a long time. And, you know, it's a real moment where it, it lingers on it for so long. Like, yes, like they're made up now. And we, we kind of glossed over all that. Yeah. I mean, a bit of behind the scenes, I guess, I guess for listeners is when you're watching people kiss on Friends or TV. It's not that awkward. When you're trying to edit down an audio clip for a podcast <laughs> and it's just mouth sounds for 34 <laughs> seconds, it is like, oh. <laughs> Sometimes it's just, like, I can't, we can't sit here and listen to those sounds for no. 32 seconds. So sometimes there are clips where there'll be a kiss and I'm like, right, cut, cut. And literally the kiss lasts for like a millisecond yeah. on the podcast because I'm like, we don't hear that. We don't need to listen to it at all. Not, not because you're bitter that he's getting to kiss uh, Rachel Green. No. In fact, in the next episode, there's a clip where they're kissing and a good, there's like dialogue and then about 12 seconds of kissing sounds and then more dialogue. And I cut the 12 seconds out in the middle because I was just like, no one wants to sit here and listen to that. No, no. Just awkward. No. So yeah, it's, it, it, I guess it has a great ending. Uh, the the beginning and middle are fun and enjoyable, but I guess not standout. But I I really like the bracelet stuff. I, f- I think the whole the the Joey and and Chandler relationship. Like the more you think about it, it it kind of in some ways has like a, a Ross and Rachel thing going on where there, there's constant back and forth, especially in this series mm. when Joey moves out and stuff. True. Like they're they're not the two best friends. Like Chandler and and Ross never really have a falling out, but Chandler and Joey have. Quite a few fallings out, and I, I kind of like that dynamic. I mean, it's proximity, isn't it? Like, yes. you know, when you, I mean, I've mentioned before that when a friend of mine moved in for eight months, I wanted to kill him <laughs> yeah. um, because he's just always around. It's easier to fall out with people you see more often. 
But, you know, Monica didn't really have, I guess, too much to do in this. We had the, the start uh, with the job interview. I'd probably say that the, the creepy chef interview guy is probably more memorable to me than the best buds. Really? Yeah. I think so? Like, because you could say to me randomly at Lewin Day, what episode is the creepy chef man in? I'd be like, uh, I don't know, but I'd remember the scene straight away. But best yeah. buds, I don't know if I'd put best buds in the same episode. You gave me like three chunks and said, I'd be like, uh. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Because if I say, you know, Robin Williams, everyone understands that scene right away yep. and goes, yes, that's, that stands out as like a beginning episode. Same with like Rachel uh, running in in the wedding dress and stuff. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I guess we're, we're going to be back next week for the one where Ross and Rachel... You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the meantime, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash watching friends, where you can subscribe uh, to our one pound tier just to help support us, chuck a bit of money our way, uh, help pay for some of our hosting fees and stuff like that. Uh, you can join the five pound and up tier where you get ad free versions of this podcast, and you also get bonus content like we are doing episodes on Joey. TV show. Yep. Uh, so we're going through series one of Joey right now, as well as some other uh, other content. Uh, you can also do a uh, higher tier where we will uh, mention you by name and who your favourite friend is. Basically, become an executive producer of the show. I fancy, which is which is nice. So any support is welcome, and we'd like to give you some extra free content as well. Well, not free, no paid for content. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, some extra content for you there. Uh, you can also write to us, as I said earlier in the in the show, at watchingfriends.com. Uh, there's a contact form there. You can send us an email, and no. we'll read out all emails. Generally, now that we fixed it, yep. Use the uh, royal we there, wasn't yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you've got some facts about the show, just some thoughts, comments on the episodes. You know, happy to read them out. And you can also talk to us on Twitter and Facebook at watchfriendspod. Yeah, chatting to the people and reading the comments that people send in, I really enjoy. Because we obviously make this podcast because we both share a love of friends. Yeah. And it's cool talking to people or seeing people interact with us, I guess, and knowing what people like about stuff. It's one of the coolest things about fandom nowadays. Well, especially is it's the differences that, I guess, bring us together. Yeah. So, you know, I don't like Ross that much. But if you are an absolute fan of Ross, I want to know. Like, tell me why I should like Ross Moore and you know I will learn something from that and and certainly you know with our uh, email in this episode you know, we learned some cool facts there yeah. and and there's a lot of facts out there and some of it's going to be related just to our lack of knowledge some of it's going to be cultural so on like yeah some might be you live in a certain part of the world where a certain cast member did an interview for a certain magazine that you read that was never published anywhere else and we'd have no way of ever knowing it so yeah. it's really cool finding these little tidbits exactly so yeah def- definitely right to us to get in contact uh i think that's it for another episode it is um where can we find you ryan you can find me as always at gamehype.co.uk and on the hype from outer heaven podcast you can find me at fuzzballs.co where i create the cute animals and drawings and comics and stuff you should go and check that out I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. You are. It's looking a little bit faded. Uh, we need to. You've been wearing that a lot, haven't you? I, I like it. It's got the, <laughs> it's got Ollie on it. The bunny. He's it, my favourite. And it says, uh, "Put yummy things in me," in Japanese because you was too self conscious <laughs> to, to wear the English version <laughs> and have people come up to you in the street. I mean, you know, depends what they're trying to put in me. <laughs> Is it actually yummy, yummy? things? <laughs> yummy things. Always yummy things. But we know I'm fussy. What if I don't like what they're trying to feed me? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well, yeah, you can check out that shirt at my website. Um, 
Really appreciate if you check that out. Uh, but yeah, until next time, uh, we'll catch you later. Cheerio.